Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today we are joined by Irene Perdomo, MD at Gresham Investment Management. Gresham have been diversifying commodity investment portfolios using exchange traded futures and forwards since 2005. Irina's MD brings a plethora of knowledge and expertise, having completed her MBA in 2009, an experience that included guest lecturing at Queen Mary's and Imperial, co-founding Devo Capital, and having worked at Barclays and the Noble Group. So today, she is here to share her story. Irene, welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Nadia, for, for inviting me. It's so good to have you here. Um, It's been brilliant to get to know you and I can't wait for you to share your story with our audience. But just to start things off, what can you tell us about Gresham Investment Management? So yeah, so Gresham is known by to be a commodities, basically a commodities house. Uh, They have been doing commodities for decades now, I mean, actually for over 30 years. And um, they are, uh, they manage at the moment five, about 5.2 billions. Uh, they have more than 40 employees. And, uh, and the, out of those 40 employees, there is a, the majority are uh, investment prof- professionals. So uh, it's, um, it's a very, it's an American company. It's owned by 77% of, of Gresham. It's owned by Nubin and TIAA. So basically, uh, and you know, Nubin and TAA as a whole, they 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 manage about a trillion dollars. So we uh, we are uh, one of their affiliates. So it's a really good company to work. Uh, I mean, in, for a woman. I mean, it's. I'm not saying that other companies are not good for yeah. women, but <laughs> Gresham uh-huh. it's certainly good. Uh, I think it's uh, there is a lot of meritocracy, and uh, I think there is a good. Uh, emphasis on on diversity. I mean, not only for women, but also for minorities. Mm. And uh, and I think it's a it's a company that uh, you know again, as the, if you if you are good in what you do, uh, they will give you more and more responsibilities, so they will appreciate that. So it's a very uh, I think it's a very fair culture. That could be the, the word that comes to my mind. So yeah, that, amazing. That, uh, I love that introduction. That's so good to hear about a fair culture and um, meritocracy. So um, what would be amazing is to hear a bit more about you and your career journey. Oh, wow. How many hours do you have? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so um, I'm basically, my, I start my, I'm originally from South America, Uruguay. 
Um, I'm a computer engineer and uh, I started working in Trans Americas and in, in the IT side. And then I had the chance to uh, work for uh, in India for almost three years. And I used to work for Tata there. So I spent in Mumbai for, yeah, uh, yeah, almost three years. And then I decided to do an MBA. And the reason why I decided to do MBA because I have no clue what I wanted to do next. But I was certainly keen on trying something more than IT or something maybe related to IT, but not just IT. So uh, I did an MBA uh, in ESE Barcelona. I did uh, my exchange in the University of Chicago, which was a really good experience despite the weather. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I have to say, nobody forgets the winters in Chicago. <laughs> so uh, especially for South America. So, um, and then after that, and that was when, you know, when Lehman collapsed that I decided to, to do this MBA. And so, and, and I wanted to do finance. I wanted to switch careers and I wanted to switch careers to um, an industry where, you know, I was not going through the best of the time. Uh, so it was quite difficult to, to get a job at the time because there were unfortunately a lot of people without a job because of the mm. situation. But I'm very stubborn. And uh, against all that, I say, I'm going to, do I want to try finance and see how it goes? I remember I applied for to 14 banks, seven called me for an interview, and one made me an offer, and that is what they needed. One that's <laughs> so, all you needed, exactly. exactly. Amazing, so, exactly. So, I uh, Barclays gave me the opportunity, and I joined Barclays in uh, 2009. I did my internship 2008, I joined in 2009 full time. Um, from that, I started building my career. Uh, I was Barclays uh, quantitative structuring. Uh, I was co-responsible for European uh, product development in commodities. And then I moved, uh, I went to Singapore and I worked for Noble as a base metal trader. So I spent two years there. In this, at the same time with a, a colleague of mine that I met at Barclays and in a way he was my mentor in finance because having coming from computer engineer, you know, there were so many things about finance that I didn't understand. Uh, he actually, he, we wrote a book, a finance book, that uh, was published by Wiley in uh, the end of 2015. Oh, congrats. That's amazing. Yeah, unfortunately, it was not Harry Potter. I wish I could <laughs> say it was Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, the book, it's unfortunately, uh, did, I think, did decently. It's, in, um, uh, it's used by... Uh, yeah, quite a few universities, and uh, yeah, and uh, since then in uh, 2013, uh, we decided to start a fund with the same person, which his name is Leonardo Marroni, I wrote the book, and uh, we started to start a fund, which was debit capital, we started really, really small, we started uh, 750k, uh, which, you know, less than a million for a fund is, is really insignificant. And we grow it um, until uh, 115 millions. So wow, congrats. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of work. It was uh, starting really from scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, against all that, because I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there were moments that, you know, it's a bit of a roller coaster and uh, there are moments that you think, oh, I'm, what I'm doing and some others, you know, it's like yeah, a yeah. cycle. No? Uh, but fortunately, things went well and, uh, and Gresham, in a way, bought us uh, in uh, 2019. And we joined uh, both Leonardo, my former business partner, and I, we joined uh, Gresham uh, uh, then. And it's been now a year that we're working for them. And that's, uh, and also, yeah, I forgot to also, I do some academic 
uh, I guess lecturing at Imperial and uh, I did in the past Queen Mary as well. Mm. So yeah, I go to the students and from time to time and I, and I tell stories and I hope they believe <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Um, oh, this yeah. is such an inspirational career journey because you talk about moving from computer engineering into finance. You then talk about writing a book. You're giving back to future generations by doing your guest lecturing at the universities. You start up your own fund and grown that hugely. And then that was bought by Gresham. So it's really exciting to hear what you have made for yourself. And you mentioned a number of times, you've used this phrase against all odds. And I love that because, you know, you say, I, I did this when uh, Lehman's collapsed and we had the recession and I did that and I did that and I did that. And it's so inspiring to hear all the different things that you have achieved <laughs> in your career. Um, so tell us a little bit more now about your job right now and what it actually entails day in, day out and the challenges. Yeah, again, sure. Um, basically, my the role I have is uh, called Head of uh, Systematic Project Strategy, which in practical terms, what it means is that I'm the client-facing person within the investment team. So I uh, basically, one of my hat is I do quant-related stuff. And another, of, another, uh, another one of my hat is to support the salespeople to, uh, you know, to... Uh, Sell, sell their funds. I'm not this, I'm not sales. I don't sell, but you know I, I support them by you know explaining the products to clients and and hopefully answering all the queries they have from from a product standpoint. So that would be in a nutshell my my role. However, uh, the reason why uh, me and my former business partner and an, and another person who is um, was the former CTO at Fun Group, we were hired up at the same time in November last year was in order to build a new fund. Uh, which is we are launching hopefully first half of next year. So we've been uh, working quite hard this year on that. And uh, yeah, and uh, so next year, uh, hopefully we will be able to, you know, uh, to have that fun life. So yeah, so basically that would be the quant side. So when I say that my quant hat is, is that is related to that fund. And when I say, you know, the other uh, hat is like just for salespeople. And, uh, and yeah, so that's basically that those are my responsibilities at, at Gresham. So it's very wow. inspiring in a way. So yeah. you, and I like that because clearly I have a little entrepreneur inside me <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I like, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I like that Gresham gave us the, the opportunity to, and they saw that we did something that they like and, uh, yeah, decide to, to hire us. Yeah, I think this is, um, it's great to hear all the different hats that you wear, because I think that, yes, you definitely come across as somebody who's quite entrepreneurial, you know, you're, you're always trying different things. And I think that's what allows you to sort of grow so quickly in your career. So you know, it's great that you do such a mixture of things now. Um, mm -hmm. So my next question is around the challenges that you face and overcome. Because I think it's really good to, for people to hear this because people thinking about maybe moving into the finance space or uh, in technology and just wanting to understand a bit more about this area. Um, mm. It's good for them to hear the sorts of things that you can overcome. So it'd be great to hear that. 
Yeah, of course, being a career switcher, uh, there was a lot of challenges, to be honest, especially, you know, when you are in IT, you're used that, you know, you want the answer to something and you Google it and Google becomes your best friend. And uh, you find in generally 99% of the time you find the answer because someone has published some code and someone has encountered the same problems that you have. Uh, in finance, it's not quite like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... I, when I did my MBA and I actually joined Barclays, I I felt that when I, you know I said I sit down on the trading floor and I felt I didn't know anything about finance and actually I didn't know anything about finance that was quite true in my opinion. So I am I remember I asked anyone in this floor that understand but not only understand but can explain as well because it's not the same that you 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 learn in books. It's also very important what you learn from a practitioner. So uh, everybody points me to Leonardo. Uh, so I went to Leonardo and uh, and I told him, look, I don't know anything about finance. Uh, I have not too much money because I just, I'm still paying my MBA. But I pay you if you teach me. No. And, uh, and he laughed and uh, he, he obviously never charged me. And for six months, I went to his house every Sunday with uh, literally thousand questions. And uh, because he's very patient and, amazing and very knowledgeable, he explained to me everything, uh, you know, from a practitioner standpoint. And that's how, you know, the, the idea of writing a book came up because I said, look, Leo, I've been lucky enough to find someone like you, which is very patient and is willing to explain to me, but not many people are that lucky. And there are so many people that they are afraid to ask. And uh, so why don't we write a book written by practitioners for, you know, to, to explain everything from a practitioner standpoint. And uh, yeah, and so we brought the project to the Wiley and Wiley said yes. And yeah, two years later, the book, uh, the book uh, came, up, came up. But, uh, you know, it's, it was like, that was my main challenge, you know, try to really, you know, uh, switch career and try to really understand what is going on in the trading floor and uh, which, you know, practical practice and, and theory, they're not always, they, not, they do not always match 100%. So that's probably my main challenge. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really interesting. And, and just that, what you said there about not everyone will ask the question. People love to pretend they know everything. And I think there's such a power in being able to say, I know nothing about this. Who can, t who can tell me? And I don't, yeah. I don't just care whether you know the answer. I need you to be able to explain it to me. You know, that's yeah. excellent. That's so exactly. excellent. Exactly. So it's, uh, it was important to, you know, to, uh, I mean, I've never been afraid to ask. I mean, I think if people want to think that I'm an idiot, well, you know, um, I don't have, I don't have ego issues, so they find they can think I'm an idiot. So <laughs> I prefer to understand what I'm doing than, uh, than to be think uh, that um, I would be more idiot not to do something that I don't understand, which yeah. is something I, I never managed to, to really achieve to do something that I don't understand. I agree mm. with each other. Mm. Yeah, and I love so, that. I think it's so yeah. important. So yeah. I, I wanted to ask you now about your thoughts on our marketplace um, and what more we all should be doing for inclusion within the industry. I think to be honest, start at university. I mean, that would be my, I mean, there are two things there. I mean, one is university. I think university needs to push more. Uh, university, they push, but maybe companies, they should go visit more university, give more talks about how it's for women working in a male-dominant world. There are many myths, I think, about what it is there are male-dominant worlds. And I think there are myths 
and they are not realities. And some people are scared of trying just because they believe in those uh, believe in those myths. Uh, so I think uh, you know we should demystify a bit the perception that there is about you know for a woman working in a finance or in a male dominant uh, industry. So I think uh, uh, one thing I, 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 I extremely believe is that uh, you know companies should go more to university and tell them how what what is reality. Okay, and uh, in reality, needs are not the same. I remember when I wanted to move to trading, people were saying, "Oh, you know, it's so they are so aggressive." I say, "Oh, do they beat? Did they do they beat you?" <laughs> yeah. That's in case because they are so aggressive. Maybe okay, if they beat me, probably I'm not gonna try it. But as long as they don't beat me, I think I will be okay. Yeah. And you know, trading—it's not the way that people picture it. I mean, like I didn't—I work with different traders when I was at Barclays and also with the novel, and I didn't. In, I mean, I, yes, I'm not going to say it's, it's easy to get an opportunity in trade. I'm not going to say that because it took me a year and a half to get an opportunity mm. to trade. However, once you are in, I mean, it's, there are too many myths. I mean, you know that uh, you can't find people who are not pleasant, let's say, but that happens everywhere. And then it goes in beyond if you're a woman or a man or beyond on whatever your gender. Uh, so I think there are a lot of myths and that's why I think you should, there are women that, I mean, you know, I, I guess lecture, I see a lot of women in those classes. So they need just to be, you know, demystify what, you know, what they can really encounter in a, in a male dominant job. So that's, I think, it's uh, one of the things. And the other thing, once you are in, I think personally that companies should be completely fair in terms of treating women and men, and especially salary-wise, because there is a perception that women earn less. And I think there is some truth in that perception. I mean, I'm talking generally. I mean, again, I'm not talking about Gresham because I think Gresham is very fair. Mm -hmm. So, but I do think that this is a perception that there is some truth behind. Uh, so I think they should be made more attention about compensation and also maternity leaves. I mean, paternity, I'm a big supporter that paternity leave should be exactly as maternity leave. Okay, yeah. so that, you know, when a woman is going to be hired, that they are not thinking, oh, does she, have, does she have already kids? Does she want to have kids? So how is it going to go? I mean, she's going to go for maternity leave. How many kids she might want to have? So put the same amount of months for men and women, okay, and I move from there. So I'm a big, big uh, supporter of, you know, of equality in terms of both compensation and benefits for men and women in the, in the world space, basically. Yeah, and I love this because I am so passionate as well about maternity and paternity leave and this gender pay gap. Uh, we've got to raise that. So I think these yeah. are really big subjects. And, and this education of the future generations and companies being able to talk openly about this subject, because I think some companies mm -hmm. do go and talk to universities, but they don't necessarily say, hey, this is what it's like. These are our inclusion policies. These are our diversity yeah. policies. And I think that's exactly. a really, really good idea. Um, so exactly. I think that's brilliant. Um, exactly. If you wanted to say one of the biggest lessons that you've had um, in your career, um, what would that be? Because it's so nice to share that with the audience so people can almost learn, learn from you before they, before they do themselves. Well, I think, I think it's, uh, I, I, I close my ears when they are negative uh, comments. So if someone is saying, oh, you know, as I told you, you know, it's against all thought and I'm very stubborn. So that's probably my big lesson because people, uh, you know, when I wanted to uh, move to finance, I mean, oh, you know, it's impossible. You know, so many people in the street, and, you know, it's 
I did it. So when I wanted to move to trading, again, it took me a year and a half. So as you can imagine, there were many rejects in the middle. And, and actually, the frustrating bit about that, it was not that I got rejected because I was failing the interview. I got rejected because I couldn't even get interviews. So, and that was really, really frustrating. And I get quite, yeah, you know, I get some answers that they were not uh, nice. I mean, uh, but, you know, I never let that to dis discourage me. I mean, mm -hmm. on the contrary, I think, okay, they tell me no, let's go for it. Okay, because if they tell me no, there must be something good there. Okay, so because otherwise everybody would do it. So let's go for it. So my main, I mean, my main lesson and I, probably my main advice is that, don't least if you want to do something, you believe you can do it, you just need to believe yourself. I know maybe it sounds a bit of a like, cliche to say believe in yourself, but you know, you can hear so many, you know, not positive comments. If you believe in them, you know, you, you probably will go nowhere. So I, I always believe, okay, let's do it. Even when I start my fund, oh, it's so difficult. You know, you need so much money. There are so many big, I say, I'm gonna do it. I don't, I yeah, don't care. I I'm gonna yeah. find the way, I'm gonna do it. And, uh, yeah. you know, you did it, I did, we did it. And, and then, um, you know, since we are here, I, I wanted to um, take the opportunity because also, uh, you know, Gresham, and when I say Gresham, obviously, uh, I talk about the company, but I'd like to, you know, emphasize a, a couple of people there that they were extremely helpful, and they believe in us, and, and, and the first person I'd like to emphasize is Scott Carson, which is, he's my boss at the moment, and uh, he was the one, he's an XHL partner, and he, he was the one who found the Gresham, Gresham Quant at Gresham, and uh, he he liked what we did at David, and he was the one who, you know, he obviously was a big believer in us, and I want to really thank him for, you know, I'm a woman, he's a man, no, for giving yeah, the yeah, opportunity yeah. to me, Leonardo, uh, to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, be part of something much bigger and in a way by us. Uh, so, and, and the other person, obviously, is the CEO, John Spencer, and, uh, and Doc Hellworth, which is, who is a CRO. So, uh, John and Doc were super, always super supportive. So, you know, Freeman, I'm very, very keen on buying, obviously, it was a business that was uh, me and a, and a man, but, you know, mm. woman-related, but that's, a, you know, I mean, like, sometimes, you know, they think, oh, you know, men won't do that. No, well, I mean, I'm thinking, you are uh, men. Yeah, three men that they were really uh, super helpful and uh, um, very welcoming. So, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, that's why, you know, the lesson is go ahead. Yeah. And don't think because, you know, you're a woman and men will be the crocodiles. No, there are good people and bad people, you know. I just, yeah. That's why I wanted to bring uh, this situation into, highlight this situation because these are uh, men and, you know, uh, helping, you know, uh, a business that is co-owned by a woman. So... Brilliant. Yeah. That's a brilliant story to share and so, yeah. so inspirational. So um, my last question then is what is next on the horizon for you and Gresham? <laughs> Sky's the limit. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, well, we, we are launching a fund next year. So hopefully, uh, you know, if we do a podcast in a year's time, I can tell you, you know, we raised so much money and the, 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 the fund is, is doing very well. So in a way, probably, uh, because I mean, Gresham Quantin, which is the systematic uh, quantitative arm of Gresham, I think, uh, you know, the, the next would be to expand the business. And, you know, the first step would be to, you know, to make this uh, fund that is now being born, uh, hopefully as a, a, success, a successful fund. Uh, so that would be the, the next, then the thing to work next. Now, there is always something, something more. <laughs> so yeah, then, yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, so that would be uh, talking about growth and quantity. And obviously, I, I imagine that uh, uh, at the company level, you need to keep growing the company, which you know. Uh, I have to say that uh, Gresham is a long-only commodity, and uh, I think uh, there are a huge amount of long-only business that they didn't make it, and Gresham has been surviving now for decades, so clearly uh, they know how to do the, their business, so I, yeah, so well, keep very doing the, the good things, so yeah. yeah, always, you know, it's like, look ahead and, you know, and yeah. Uh, that's it. Um, it's so more. it's so great to hear your story and just how yeah again you're launching something new, um, and yeah let's do another pod in a year and see exactly where you're where you're yeah, at with that because um I can tell you know we're going to keep in touch and and I really really love um your whole story and how you've shared it with everybody and just you know you're so positive and happy and you've <laughs> achieved so much and you've you have and you said again you know against all the odds but you've achieved so many things against all the odds and it's been brilliant to hear it um so thank you so much for sharing your story no, on the women at fintech podcast thank you so much Anadia, for for inviting me and for actually for having this space for women i think it's uh, it's great and uh, you're doing an amazing job and uh, it's uh, no absolutely same it's an honor thank you so much <laughs>